Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. This one is a little bit different. It's probably the first Arscast I'm going to do standing up. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I'm in Brooklyn, New York City. That was some of the ambience of the city you heard at the start of the show there. I'm here with uh, my traveling companion for the last, well, seems like a long time, and that's no reflection on you, <laughs> Curtis Powers. Hello to you. Hello, Andrew. Uh, yeah, we've been we've been together a while now. It does. I mean, when you drive from Charlotte, North Carolina, to Washington D.C., in the kind of weather that we drove up in, you you share something. I think you create a bond that that c- c- can't be broken in any way. Especially when you all come eat. Yeah, when you all come eat, we stopped in Fancy Gap, <laughs> Fancy Gap, Virginia, which was simultaneously hilarious and also terrifyingly sinister <laughs> and not at all fancy or gapish well i didn't see any gap no. and i can tell you it was definitely not fancy and then we were at the game obviously in uh in washington dc or landover maryland i should say because it was outside the city against real madrid we might talk about that uh for a minute or two but then we drove from washington dc um to, to New York City, and kudos, we have to give a shout-out to Tom Staunton, the uh, yeah. the man who many of you will know as the boss of O'Hanlon's uh, fine uh, emporium there on, on 14th Street. Tom did all the driving. Uh, fair play to him. I wouldn't have fancied it. We were originally going to like rent a car yeah. and drive up and share some of the driving. I'm glad. I'm glad we did not. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't have to do any of that driving. So anyway, we're here. We're in Brooklyn. We're in Curtis's studio, which is really quite awesome. I've got a lovely microphone. He's got a lovely microphone. Mm. We're standing up. We're going to shoot the breeze about Arsenal for a few minutes because I'm here in New York. A bit of bit of post tour downtime. Yeah, it's post tour lull. Post tour lull, pre season lull. So uh, yeah, I've been away for coming up on two weeks now. So I feel like I could do with. Uh, with getting back home um, and, uh, you know, all that that entails. But anyway, I can't complain about a few days in New York City. But um, I'm curious, uh, just your thoughts on the the bits of the tour that you saw. You weren't out in L.A., but you were at the game in Charlotte. You were at the game in in D.C. What were, like, the standout things for you from those games? Uh, From the games or just from the experiences well, let's overall. do the games first, yeah, and then we yeah. can talk about the experience. Well, I mean, obviously, no no one, I don't think there's anyone on the planet right now that's not talking about Eddie. Uh, Eddie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I've, I really enjoyed watching that kid, both games. 
uh, he's all over the place. He 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 has that like works uh, workmanship of of like an Alexis, where he's he's tracking back, he's trying to defend, he's moving forward, he's putting himself in good positions. He really, really excited me and and yeah. everyone else. Yeah, for sure. He, I think he uh, and Joe Willock were mm-hmm. the two standout players on the tour for me. Eddie, uh, he he was playing like a guy who was trying to say to Unai Emery, yeah. "I want to stay here. And mm-hmm. uh, not only do I want to stay here, I want to play. Yeah, I want to play." And it was curious in the press conference uh, afterwards. He was asked about uh, Enkedia's future and whether he'd go out on loan, and he seemed very wedded to the idea that he could take Danny Welbeck's place in the squad. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, in, in fair play to Welbeck, but, you know, I mean, you, you see a promise in him and, and, and a drive that we didn't necessarily see uh, concurrently with, with Welbeck. Yeah, he you had the injuries. Yeah, yeah, he had a difficult time. Interesting yeah. he hasn't found a, a new club yet. Yeah, I mean, it'll happen. you think that they'd be lining up. I mean, he's still a fantastic player mm. um, for the right club. Yeah, assuming the knees hold up, and exactly. hopefully hopefully they do. So, yeah, those two guys, I, I think, really stood out. The other thing that stood out for me uh, was how badly we need some defenders. Because, uh, you know, I'm not putting it all on one guy. I'm not going to just say the name that everyone thinks I'm going to say. I, I mean this in a very uh, broad sense, that there is a, there is a quality issue with the the lineup of defenders that we have and I know we, we're, we're really hopeful for Rob Holding but uh, I was talking to somebody the, the idea that he might play a game in preseason is incorrect mm. so it's going to be September after the first international break yeah. before we get Rob Holding back assuming that everything goes well uh, and we have to bear in mind that you've got to like ease ease him back into action a bit right yeah well i mean absolutely but i actually fear a, a bigger thing and and i i don't usually i'm not usually the first one to bring negativity into a into a conversation but i i still think that we're sitting with like a systematic problem in the back that i mean you think about the amount of defenders we've gone through in the last seven or eight seasons and i feel like we go into every season saying wow there's a there's a defense issue and, and you think that we're kind of correcting it and it seems like okay well that seems nice but then it's not corrected, and it's yeah. back to the same thing again. And yeah, I mean, look, we have an issue. At, we have an issue at right back because yeah. Hector isn't going to be back until September as yeah. well. September, October, his recovery is going well, and that's great. But mm. we're using either Ainsley Maitland Niles, yeah. who I think it's, you know he tries his best, but I don't think it's his best position, mm. or Carl Jenkinson, another guy who tries his best, but in reality, if we were to to, to say it, he's probably you know not the guy for the long mm. term. He or, looked absent against Real Madrid. He had a tough time against Marcelo. There were a couple of battles. I did yeah. enjoy the bit where he, he, he had a he, he won a tackle and then turned around and had a bit of a go. <laughs> yeah. And look, you know, he has his moments, but you know, I think we've seen over the last number of years that he's not quite at the the level that yeah. we need. Central defenders, you know, we talk about holding the Kashelny issue is still mm. up in the air. Uh, in that, I read that they're going to make him train with the kids. <laughs> That's what I read. I don't know how true it is because I'm, I'm a bit detached from it, but they're not going to welcome him back mm. to the first team squad, which is, you can't have that. That's yeah. a terrible issue to have around the club, isn't it? At that point, you might as well just sell him for what you can yeah. what you can get him off for because, yeah, there's no point in that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we have Mavropanos, yep. who is injured again, still struggling with the, the hip injury. So he hasn't played a minute of preseason football, a chance for him to, you know, potentially... Uh, show Unai Emery what he can do. Mm. He hasn't been able to do that. Callum Chambers, good, honest lad. Yeah. Could be a squad player, potentially. We have Socrates, 
you know, who, who I quite like. I do as well, yeah. I, I quite like him, and I like his style. I like his aggression. I like his determination. But that will cost you. Yeah. As, as we saw. As we saw, as yeah. As we saw in the, in the Real Madrid game. <laughs> like, I thought both the, both the yellow cards were, mm. were a bit soft. We agreed. But... Yeah. You know, when you play that way and you get that kind of a referee, which you can do in the Premier League, you know, he gets a lot of yellow yeah. cards. So he's going to miss some games. He gets stuck suspension. in. Yeah, exactly. Get I, stuck in. Get stuck in. But I, I, I really enjoyed his... Um, I really enjoyed the way he booted the ball away. Like, he, he, he thought about it. He actually thought about it. It was like, how hard am I going to kick this ball? And he was like... If if there's a chance, he's like, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to get a yellow card just to show some dissent to this referee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, give me another yellow card. Yeah, please. Card. <laughs> yeah, I'll have an extra yellow card for putting the ball away. Uh, mm. And then we have we have Mustafi, who, you know, again, without... Mm. Um, I heard you're a big fan. Not true. <laughs> not true. Um, I, I'm trying to be slightly serious about yeah. this, but I feel like if we go in to a new season with mm. Mustafi as one of, one of our first choice defenders. Yeah. That's not that's not we haven't addressed it, uh, a key issue. That yeah. would be my fear. I I he'd be one of those people that you worry about actually as even a guy on your bench. I mean, at times mm. he's come on and he's mm, done something, but yeah, I yeah, he, he first team choice is when you look at all the other top clubs and and the defense thinking that that's our first choice of defense you just like yeah you know it, look there comes a point where you see a guy he's played for us for three years and not improved and not improved and if anything he's he's disimproved mm, yeah to the point where it's now we should be selling him we should be moving heaven and earth to sell him and to bring in somebody better but yeah. i think the kashalny thing has put a spoke in the wheel there and well absolutely yeah so that's that's a bit of a shame um so those are my sort of key worries about about mm. the new season. I know we started on positivity with some of the young players, and, <laughs> and I think we got to talk a little bit maybe about Robbie Burton, mm-hmm. who played in the Charlotte game and he played in the you know came on against Real Madrid. Not somebody who was really on the radar, but right. you know he came in, he looked tidy, looked yeah. like he could do a job. The issue I think is that we've got we've got some depth now yeah. in midfield because we have today, as of today, made a signing, a loan signing. Um, Danny Ceballos has come in on loan from, from Real Madrid. He's going to spend the season with us. Numero ocho. Numero ocho. His name almost sounds like the Spanish word for onion. Cebolla. Oh. So, you know, Danny Onions? I don't know. <laughs> I hear a song coming from that. Yeah, there could well be a song. <laughs> um, you know, we lost Aaron Ramsey mm. for free. Again, let's not go down that rabbit sure. hole of, of um, terrible business that we do. Mm. But... We've replaced him with a guy who Unai Emery says can play as a number eight yeah. or a number ten. So there's competition there for for Mesut Ozil, or we've got somebody who can play in games away from home yeah. f- in the north of England, where <laughs> for some reason Mesut Ozil rarely tends to appear. I don't know if there's like do you know do, did you ever read the Silver Surfer? Yeah, yeah. Remember the Silver Surfer? Like he, he was like cast out and he couldn't return because there was an invisible barrier. Yeah. What if Mesut Ozil is like football's Silver Surfer? He cannot go north of, let's say, Oxford. Or you know, it's hard on his skin. It's, it's, it's hard on his uh, lungs, maybe. You yeah. Know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, co- that cold, harsh air. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it uh, looks to me like a really decent signing. Yeah. We're going to talk about loans now in a second. Yeah, because... 
definitely wanted to say, like, I think we were kind of going into it a little bit. Like, when is the last time that we had a an, a really successful loan spell? That is, that's a good question. Mm. We're going to address that now in one second. But uh, for a club which is uh, restricted in its transfer budget this year, it definitely is. We know we only have about 40, 45 million. Mm. Maybe there might be a bit more if we sell somebody. That would add to our funds. But to use the loan market in a in what seems to be a pretty decent and clever way yeah. is a way of maintaining uh, as much of that budget as possible, even if you're you're going to pay Real Madrid a fee and, yeah. and everything else. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased for this signing. He's a young, talented player. He looks good on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's somebody who can carry the ball in midfield, which is something we've been missing as mm-hmm. well. Um, I did read there were various articles going around about um, certain things about his his uh, temperament and his character. Mm. He appears to be a spiky kind of a guy. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what exactly the the, the th- he had some issue with um, talking about Catalans and Basques and wanting to bomb them, which is not particularly good. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. Um, I did not read that. No, and he said something about uh, the size of Iker Casillas's willy. <laughs> as well um but you know maybe these are the useful indiscretions that people get up to on yeah. twitter not that i've ever threatened to bomb anyone no myself, I, you know. so what you're saying is that it's probably a bad idea when we pl- if we bring him and we oh wait we wouldn't play barcelona i take we that are. back we are we're playing barcelona in a preseason friendly on august oh, that's 4th. right so that could be a yeah that could be a maybe it'll kick off <laughs> yeah. oh, <gosh. laughs> Just what we need to get ready for the new season. In in pure footballing terms, though, <laughs> no. he, he seems to be he seems to be a good signing. Yeah, you asked the question mm-hmm. about loan signings and have we ever had a really good one? So well, not ever, but when was the the last? And yeah, okay. Well, look, I'm going to go through the loan signings that we've made. Yes. that we've brought in. I want you to rate them out of ten for. Oh me. boy, starting with the most recent one which was Dennis Suarez from Barcelona, who arrived in January and played like two minutes or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, one being uh, bad and uh, ten being great? or uh, Yes, exactly. Uh, well, he played two minutes. Let's give him a two. Wow, okay. <laughs> I think he played about 40 minutes, but, you know, I'd still stick with a two. I, you know, I'd go with a, a solid zero on that one. <laughs> um, before that, it was Kim Schellstrom who we brought in oh, from Spartak, from, Moscow. Yeah. Remember, we brought him in in January. We discovered he had a broken back, and we still signed him. <laughs> <laughs> However, he did make a very solid contribution to that season in that he scored a penalty in the FA Cup semifinal That's against right. Wigan. Against Wigan. Yeah, he scored a semifinal, and um, he went on to write... Uh, like he, he did this thing for Swedish radio. It's, um, it's really amazing. He, he wrote like a kind of an essay for Swedish radio talking about how scoring that penalty was almost the greatest moment of his life because it was at Wembley, because he was playing right. for Arsenal, because of everything that had happened. Uh, you can find it if you look, if you just search for Kim Shellstrom on Arsblog mm. News, you'll find a transcript of that, of that thing. It's a really excellent piece of uh, writing, radio, broadcasting, whatever nice. it was. So I think for that reason alone, he, I, I think he scores well for me, even though he was kind of useless most so of we the give time. him about like a four and a half a five i'm giving i'm going up to like a seven for wow him. all I'm right going to a seven just it was an for important that moment. goal it was an important penalty yeah. someone else could have scored it but you know he yeah. did it he put the ball in the back of the net okay he played his part he played his part next one emiliano viviano 
who we signed from Palermo in 2013-14 as backup to Wojciech Szczesny and Lukasz Fabianski. He never played a single minute. Well, that goes because I was going to say I don't ever remember him playing. No. <laughs> so there you go. So there you, go. you can't not you can't give him a higher number than a zero. Then okay, I think you can. Why? I'll tell you why. I, I like this. Okay, so um, comedian and Arsenal fan Dara O'Brien okay. was doing uh, the charity do at the clubs. Um, they do like the annual foundation dinner. Yeah. So Dara is doing his bits and pieces, and there's an auction element to. Uh, to the evening so you know you could like have a, a signed Arsenal shirt or it could be like uh, an Arsenal watch or something like that and the thing that is up for auction is a goalkeeping masterclass with Wojciech Szczesny and a chance to play on the Emirates pitch the first person to put their hand up and bid for it was Viviano <laughs> Oh, he just wanted to play. He just wanted to play a minute. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah. All right, so he gets a one then. Yeah, he can get a one yeah. for that, you know. All right. Okay, our next loan signing. A guy that you might know, our listeners might know. He was previously an Arsenal player, but we brought him back on loan. Mm, yes. You know the man I'm talking about. The rich man. Thierry Henry. Oh, that one. I forgot about that one. Who were you thinking of? <laughs> I was thinking about... Uh, uh, Oh man, what is his name? The guy who's gone on to start start the uh, Flamini. Flamini, yeah. No, we brought him. We we actually signed him again. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't alone. You're he right. wasn't alone. All right. Sadly, but um, yeah. So Thierry Henry in 2012 yeah. scored that goal. Wearing that goal against Leeds. Wearing a number twelve. I have a, I have a funny story. I was sitting in a quiet office, very quiet office, in uh, downtown New York, and it was incredibly quiet. I had my headphones in. That game was on. I was in a chair that had wheels. And when he scored that goal, I freaked out, fell out of the chair on the floor, and everyone in the office thought I was having a seizure. <laughs> but I wasn't actually trying to like have that goal celebration. I just got excited and fell out of the chair. Yeah, that's good. So I think a goal that can like make you fall over is a good goal. <laughs> yeah, especially out of a chair. Out of a chair. Yeah, yeah that's standing true. is a little bit easier. But uh, yeah, I mean, y- you got to give. Uh, you got to give Thierry big numbers. Yeah, and he did score another goal, I think. He scored um, against Blackburn and Sunderland in yeah. the Premier League. So you got to, you know, given the moment, given that, that goal against Leeds in the FA Cup and it how was. much it meant to him and the, you know, the celebration. The celebration and, was big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so what was the line of the commentary? He may be cast in bronze, but he can still provide golden moments, mm. something like that. It's a very, very swish. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's, you know, that's up there with an eight. I agree. But that's, that was, was kind a f- of a, a sentimental loan rather yeah. than a functional one. Yeah. Well, you know. Okay. Sentimental and uh, an important goal. So there you go. All right. Um, before that, 2011-2012 season, you might remember we got beaten 8-2 at Old Trafford. <laughs> and he was the answer. And this man was part of the solution to that shambles. Um, we went out and we bought Mikel Arteta, Mikel Arteta per yep. Mertesacker, yep. um, Park Chu Young. Yeah. And who else did we bring in? There was somebody else. I can't remember who I it was. I can't either, yeah. But Yossi Ben Ayun yeah. came on loan from Chelsea. Indeed. Yeah. I thought he was quite good. And I actually, I actually feel like he, he kind of grew to we almost loved him a bit like it seemed like most fans really got behind Yossi and when when the spell was over it you know yeah because he'd come from Chelsea there's naturally that that (laughs) thing where you go well he's a Chelsea cunt yeah so 
how am I going to like him? Well, but he was a Liverpool cunt before that. He was a Liverpool yeah. cunt, you know. So we were we were good people to overlook that, <laughs> that much country in his uh, previous existence. Um, but I, you know, he did have a good loan spell, and I think yeah. he did, you know, he get worked. people on side. He worked hard. He scored a few goals. I think he scored in the the final game. Maybe it was the final game of the season where we played West Brom. Mm. And I think we had to win to secure a top four. That was, and we did it. And we did it. Yeah. There were two things that I remember very vividly from that game. One was Kieran Gibbs making a, an amazing block really late in the game. I think mm. the goal would have would have drawn them level right. and would have made sure we didn't finish yeah. in the top four. So it was one of those where we got there by the skin of our teeth. But it was also that game where, where Arsene Wenger and Pat Rice, there's that picture, because it's, it's so tense. Yeah. It's so on the edge you could cut the tension with yeah. a butter knife you know it, and Wenger is just sort of clinging to Pat Rice and sort of like <laughs> oh my god Jesus that sort of that sort of terror that was before we had slipped into those uh, into those drudges where we are now yes before the good old days <laughs> when we were just scrapping for the top four instead of outside instead of scrapping for scrapping to get into the top four yeah um, so what would you give Yossi I'd have to give Yossi a uh, Give him like about a five and a half, six. Yeah, yeah, because you're 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 a tough marker, I have to say. Yeah, because well, he's he's just one of those ones that I remember that I remember one feeling like because he had been not good at Chelsea, but he was actually quite good when he was at Liverpool for a while. Yeah, and and I remember thinking, why are we why are we getting this guy? And there was a period that it seemed like, and I feel like even when he left, he was so thankful to the fans for like I. I I seem to remember something he said, like he was thankful to the fans for welcoming him. Like people even said, like we sang Yossi Benyun songs at times. Like it was, like, yeah. you know, I, I think he, I think he actually really enjoyed his spell. And I think that he, he didn't come as like a, a, a lone spell where he could kind of just coast out and retire. Yeah. I, he came and he tried to work. Yeah, that's true. And he was decent at it. So that's why that's I, what... I give him a seven. Oh, okay. For me, maybe oh. I'm feeling a bit more generous than yeah. you are, you know, or you're, a, you're obviously a hard taskmaster yeah. in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the one that came before that. Mm. Julio Baptista oh. from Real Madrid. We'd been linked with him with the Beast for quite a while. For quite a while, yeah. and then we did a, we did a, a loan swap. Jose Antonio Reyes. That's right. Went to uh, to Real Madrid. Poor old Jose. Mm. Um, and Baptista came in. I mean, best known for scoring four goals at Anfield in, yeah. in the League Cup, and that's kind of it. Yeah, didn't really work out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But four goals he he kind of he, he mildly gets that for a lot of people mildly mildly gets that legendary status for it felt i mean well maybe not legendary status i take that back but <laughs> but it it you know you're fluctuating here between i know a, i know a hard you're bastard like, <laughs> and like i give you everything Do you know what i'm a sentimental bastard that's what i am okay you see that's it you're trying to keep that under wraps and present this hard exterior yeah. i mean i think he only scored two or three goals in the yeah. Premier league and you know the four goals at anfield were you know, great. Arshavin did that as well. Arshavin did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to forget that beauty that he scored at Barcelona, yeah. against Barcelona. Yeah, not at Barcelona. Um, so, uh, yeah, Mark, I will give Baptista three. Three, yeah. Three. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're singing from the same hymn sheet here. A um, couple of really weird ones where uh, it's very hard to rate them. Mart Poom. Don't even remember that one. Yeah, he was the former Sunderland goalkeeper signed as a ah. cover and never, never played a game. Um, and before that, we had Fabian Caballero in 1998-99. Um, Did he play? He played three times. 
and is best known for an FA Cup game against Preston at Deepdale. Mm. And the reason why he's known is not because he played very well, not because he scored, but I think it was a corner to Arsenal. Mm. And as the ball came in, he fucking flattened a guy with an elbow. <laughs> and as that guy's like falling to the ground in pain with a fractured eye socket or whatever it was, Emmanuel Petit snuck in to mm. score a goal. And so, there you have it. Yeah. So I don't know. It depends how highly we rate acts of uh, cowardly violence on the <laughs> so pitch. So you're going to give him a, a half? Yeah, I think maybe a, <laughs> maybe a half. Um, I, I do need to date myself at this point, though, is uh, that 97, 98 was when, when in America I was seeing a lot more of the Arsenal. So yeah, that was um, sort of the beginning of so it. So this was, yeah, for, for me, we might be dating me and I might not know anything no, about that's, that's fine. Especially when it comes to loans. That's fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, let's see. He wasn't, he wasn't a particularly uh, successful loan signing. I, I'd give him a rating of two, maybe All right. two or one. And, and the last one that I can think of before that is uh, Jim Layton in 1990 a goalkeeper who played for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. He never played a game for Arsenal. We just signed him on loan. It's a very strange deal. Yeah. Maybe something to do with George Graham and Alex Ferguson. I think Jim Layton famously fell out with Ferguson. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he fell out with him. Uh, and maybe that was part of it, just George Graham doing him a favor. But he never played a game for us, so we can't give him any rating. So I think what we're saying here when we talk about <laughs> Danny Ceballos is that we're looking for him to be probably... Better than that. Our most successful loan signing of all time. That's what we're looking no, for. But no pressure. No pressure on yeah. him. I mean, I know he's not listening to this, but, you know, in the pantheon of loan signings yeah. that we've made, yeah. you know. You've got to make it count now. Yeah, but I think when you also look at them, it might not be that difficult for him to be our well, best no, loan signing. It's not, it's not difficult. It's, a, it's kind of a low bar. But at the in- interesting part, at least the, the last at least 10 years that I can remember, when we bring on one of, uh, some of those loan signings, with the exception of, like you said, Yossi, when... After the eight-two, that was a scramble in the last twenty-four hours yeah. before the before the season uh, started. Or, I mean, before the the window closed. Yeah, we're we're really br- like this is this is a crucial <laughs> this is a crucial crucial loan signing. Yeah, so it it really needs to be all or nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it depends as well what this guy wants. Does he want to? Does he want to make it at Real Madrid? Right, and if he wants to make it at Real Madrid. Having a, really good, yeah, having a really good season at Arsenal mm-hmm. and in the Premier League yeah. would help him do that. Um, interestingly, in the press conference the other night, uh, this is apropos of nothing, but Zinedine Zidane yes. is the quietest talker I've ever seen mm. or heard in my life. Uh, do you think that that played into the fact that, I don't know if you ever saw the silent film about, uh, about the World Cup final? No, I didn't. It, it's silent. There's no sound. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, dialogue, no nothing. No music. No music. It's just, yeah. And, is yeah. It, is it any good? Nah. <laughs> Missing one key ingredient. But, but, I'm, but I'm wondering, to your point, if that's, uh, that had anything to do with it. Yeah, it was so strange. Because he was sitting there in the microphone. And he talks like this. He just talks really <laughs> very quietly and into the microphone. And, yeah, sure, whatever's going on. But, you know, that's it. And, you know. So, anyway. That's, you know, for us people who are loud talkers. Yeah. Who are loud talkers. I've been guilty of uh, that once or twice in my life. Yes. Um, <laughs> so there we are. So we've, we've got a midfielder. We potentially have a player in Eddie who can uh, mm. replace Danny Welbeck as like our, our third striker because, you know, we can't play 
Aubameyang and Lacazette in every game. Yeah, yeah. We've got to give them some 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 rest. Yeah, recuperation, keep them fit for the Premier League, which mm. uh, you know is our best way back into into the Champions League. Um, I think it's clear we're looking for a wide player, mm-hmm. uh, a dribbler. You know, we're linked with Zaha, we're linked with Everton Suarez. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they're going to to address that issue. Like, yeah. they've definitely got their targets there. Mm-hmm. So the key now is back to the defense. Yeah. What are they going to do? Are they going to bring Kieran Tierney in? It's From what it yeah. looks like, it, it looks like it's there. It, it, it looks like it's cooking... Um, but we've been we've been known to to bollocks a um, yeah. a deal like that is is pretty much signed. Yeah. Um, you know, I I mean, we could talk about a number of those really great ones that that seem like they were in our pocket. I mean, one's just gone to uh, Real Madrid, I believe, a, a few seasons back when it looked like we were that close to signing Eden Hazard. Oh yeah. Well, again, yeah. That was that was a that was a weird one. I re- I read this uh, the interviews that were out recently with Dick Law, mm-hmm. uh, and they said that they you know the decisions that they made when it came to transfers were what they thought were the best right uh, in the best interests of the club financially, you know. Um, so instead of pushing the boat out and spending some money on Eden Hazard, they bought Gervinho. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's part of me that thinks, yeah, look, I get it. There, there must have been financial restrictions. Yeah. And, and when Chelsea were interested, it, you know, it becomes more difficult to do it because you're competing against a club for, surely, whom, yeah. for whom that's not an issue. But surely you could look at Hazard and say, right, okay, he is somebody who's going to cost us whatever it was, 29, 30 yeah. million pounds back then. But potentially a player who could be worth at least twice yeah. that in three or four years' time mm-hmm. if you wanted to sell him. Yeah. Whereas Gervinho, like... The you ceiling, knew he was only going to depreciate. The ceiling was yeah. not that high Mm-mm. for him. So, you know, a strange one, but yeah. yeah. But I, I think it's... Looking at his style, I think he's, he's an essential signing, and I think that they probably... I'm hoping that they've identified that not and not just being... Tierney, this is. Yeah. yeah. I think he's absolutely essential, and, and I think that... You know, I was read, reading the that interview with Neil Lennon that says, "Listen, he's our player, and we, we actually really like the guy. Yeah. Uh, he does great in our squad, and this is what we value at him. We we don't need to sell him, you know. Though they, you know, yeah, look, they're in a position of of relative strength, absolutely. So they have a player under contract. They don't necessarily want to sell him, but yeah. if the money's right, yeah. you know, like anyone, they'll they'll do a deal. Yeah, uh, Arsenal may be trying to do things um, <laughs> in a, in a very Arsenal way. I, right. I don't know, but look, it, it looks like that might." potentially get over the line mm. that will give us sort of a left back equivalent of of Hector yeah and Hector's back so you got two young exciting fullbacks who mm-hmm. can uh who can get up the pitch but who can also defend yeah um and I think we have an issue at left back at the moment because Monreal is is getting a bit older yeah and Kolasinac defensively just doesn't convince me yeah he's he's one that I feel like he inserts himself um, but uh, he, he again just the, the lack of consistency on his side but I do like having him and I, and I realize that maybe I'm talking that, that, that uh, what do you call that that emotional talk again yeah. I like having him there because well, he's big yeah he's a big fella and, and like you know he, like, he fights for it he just he just doesn't quite yeah yeah, yeah he, he could use his body a bit better i think at times but i think you're right yeah but i wonder if we bring in tierney it seems to me like one of 
one of Kolasinac or Monreal is going to go and it'll be interesting to see who that is and I think the signing of Tierney is to ensure that we can play with yeah. uh, a back four more often an actual yeah an actual back four but another key part of an actual back four is a central defensive pairing mm-hmm. which is good enough to play 80 to 90% of your games in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And I think lack of consistency of selection in defence last year was a problem for, for Emery. Um, it wasn't all his fault. Uh, Koscielny had been injured at the start of the yeah. season. Holding got injured. Bellerin got injured. Uh, Socrates had some periods out injured. Every time it looked like Mustafi was out of the team, <laughs> somebody else would drop off and like it just opened up the way for him. <laughs> like, you know, if you were... Imagine if you were walking down a road and... <laughs> For whatever reason, boulders were falling from the sky and they were splatting people all over the fucking place. The way to get through that, you know, is, the way to get through it is just walk directly behind Mustafi, just as close as you can to him because it, he wouldn't. He'd just yeah. get away with it. He's, uh, he, he's the safety. <laughs> he is the safety. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, you, you, would, you would hope and you would think that surely come January, uh, maybe we've got something lined up enough that... Uh, Mustafi, maybe come, come January. I want to like come next week. I know, I know, but we know that that's not going to happen next week. Oh my God! Please let it happen. So, w- what is the what is the pairing that you think is uh, that of all the names that we've just said, the pairing that could? I think I think from what we've got, I think from what we've got, Socrates and Holding would probably mm. be my yeah my first choice, which isn't to say that I. W- would necessarily consider that quite good enough. I, I think yeah. it's the best of what we've got, yeah, but I do I think agree it's important to to get out there and, and find a, a central defender. Of course, we're going to bring in uh, William Saliba, yeah. um, but loan him back to Saint-Étienne for mm. a year. So great that we're addressing some of the longer-term defensive yeah. issues. That's fantastic. But we have a season to play, and, and we can't go into the we can't go into the season and expect our defense to be any better with exactly the with same exactly per- the same thing, yeah, same personnel. So. Mm-hmm. Let's keep fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. Fingers crossed. It's okay, like, we're going to take a little bit of a break here because I need to just take a break because we're it. in this room and it's scorching. It's very hot here in, in Brooklyn. So we're going to take a little water break like they did in the, the game in Charlotte. A lot of them. Minutes. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of those water breaks. They needed them. So we're going to do that uh, and we'll be back in a sec. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. We've just been on a rooftop in Brooklyn looking at New York City Statue of Liberty, World Trade Center, Empire State Building. Hell of a view. It's decent. It's not bad. Yeah. 
It's really quite a nice view. And if you're hearing any sort of background noise, it's uh, air conditioners, which are <laughs> really, really important. Um, and the sounds of New York City. The sounds of New York City. Uh, the honking, the car horn, which is the first language of New York. Um, since we've taken that little break to refresh ourselves, mm. Arsenal have announced the signing of William Saliba. Saliba. Well done. Um, so... He's going to go back on loan. We know that. But we also know that Tottenham were trying to sign him. <laughs> and he says, Result. This is the biggest club in England for me. So it was an easy decision. I didn't think twice about signing here. So I'm really happy. So even though Tottenham have got Champions League football, mm. they got this swanky new stadium. They have a coach who appears to know what he's doing. He still didn't want to go there. <laughs> the stain is just too big. Yeah. So, look, I think if, if they've identified this guy as like a really hot prospect and a long-term talent, and this was the only way mm. to get it done. Yeah, fair play. Fair play. Yeah. I mean, we won't know until... A year from now. A year from now, yeah. or maybe two, two years maybe, from yeah. now, because we're going to have to see him in an Arsenal shirt first. But I believe uh, the, the, the viewing figures for League 1... Hmm. are going to be massive in England next season among Arsenal fans. Exactly. It's going to be like, who the fuck shows Liga football? <laughs> yeah. What subscription do I have to buy? What streaming service do I have to get it on? I'm getting it. Can you stream all the Saint-Étienne games yeah. if you become a Saint-Étienne member or whatever <laughs> it might be? So, um, yeah, they're going to have some, some high viewing figures. So another signing. Well, you know, I think this this sort of business, it, it actually excites me. You know, we, we spent so many years... In the in the Wenger youth building uh, periods where we were saving money, uh, apparently we're always trying to save money, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but uh, but going through that period where we were we were bringing in the youth and the youth was playing, you're seeing like the competition right now. They're buying everyone and they're learning them everywhere. Yeah, Chelsea do that a lot. Uh, yeah, um, and I think that you know it's a it's a nice step in that in in that direction to say okay, yeah. we've identified this guy that. Three years, maybe. Yeah, maybe three years from now. It can he's be gonna fantastic. Be, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if we're paying 25 to 30 million pounds for him uh, to bring him in at 18 years of age, right. I, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about with Hazard. Yeah. You know, maybe this is a kid that's going to be worth 100 million or more, depending mm-hmm. on what way the transfer market goes. A lot of pressure to put on him, a lot of expectation, of course, and we'll have to wait and see yeah. uh, how he plays. But look, it's a done deal. It's another deal. So, um, it, you know, there's movement and there's action and, and people can, you know, begin to see um, something different from this squad, which has lost players and hasn't really brought players in. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked in the first bit about how much we still have to do, but when you start to see those things happening, yeah. it really changes your mood. Yeah. It absolutely does. I know we get, you know, people go, oh, people get too hung up on signings, but there, there literally is. They're very, quite important. They are important. There's no <laughs> other way, uh, unless you're going to promote young players and you've got a, a group of young players who are sensational. Right. There's no other way to make your team significantly better. And sustain it through a period of time yeah exactly like you know there is the argument maybe you know uh, a coach could get more out of these players a better organization better discipline of course but you know i still think if any coach is having to rely on a player uh some of the players that we have had to rely on i was going to go two-footed in there on you know who but i decided (laughs) against it uh you know it it becomes very difficult um for them so okay so the things are 
Mm. The wheels, the cogs are starting to yeah. turn. So let's just go back to the U.S. tour uh, and talk about that for a couple of minutes and, and your general thoughts on um, what you saw of the Arsenal fans out here. I know, you know, as, as uh, you've been involved in Arsenal NYC for how long is it now? Uh, when did you set that up? 2007. Right. So about what, how many years is that? That's 12 years. Yeah, now. thanks. No my maths are, are terrible sometimes uh, when I'm on the spot. But yeah, the... Uh, you said maths, though. You didn't uh, say maths. Sorry. That was good. You realized what audience you were oh, talking to. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I um, as a person who worked to organize the, the 2014 tour and, and, and the events that went on, I was, uh, I was really, really impressed by... You know, Charlotte was a big, big deal. I yeah. mean, that was a, that was a display and... Uh, and you know, some people said, "Oh, well, it's you know, it, it was a it was a great opportunity because it was the only weekend uh, match of the whole tour." Yeah. So I feel like people came from people came from all over. There were people from Canada, which was, I mean, we came from New York and we felt like we came far. People <laughs> coming from Canada was quite far. There were people. Uh, I saw people out from the West Coast. There was people from you know pretty much everywhere. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a you know it was huge. It was like the you can actually say Arsenal took over the whole town. Yeah. Now, obviously, we played Fiorentina, so how many Fiorentina fans are, are residing down in Charlotte, North Carolina? Don't know, but they didn't, uh, they didn't turn up for it. And, no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, all the different events going on, you, you seem to have had a, a, a great experience. Every, everywhere I've been, you know, from yeah. L.A. to Charlotte to mm. D.C., the fans groups, um, and there are far too many of them to mention, right. have done amazing work to make the experience of Arsenal playing yeah. locally uh, as, as exciting and as interesting as possible for the Arsenal fans that were going to come to those games. Absolutely. So they deserve massive credit for, for all the work that they did. And I've got to thank them all again for, yeah. you know, being so uh, hospitable and welcoming and, and you know, uh, just being so downright nice yeah I don't, nice sounds like a, well they love like a, you man well I love them too yeah. but you know it, it, nice sounds like sort of a backhanded compliment I really don't mean it to yeah. be that it's just been it's been kind of overwhelming to yeah, meet sure. like those guys to meet all the, the, the Arsenal fans here who, who also like what we do here on Ars Blog um, it's been brilliant to make time for them Absolutely. So, but you know the I, I, I sometimes get the sense from not everyone, but there is perhaps an element of people who think that because fans are distant, mm. whether it's in America, whether it's in Australia, whether it's in India, so you mean wherever, geographical. Every, geographical distance, yeah. there's sort of a, a snobbery mm. um, from certain elements. Not everyone, and you know, yeah. I, I think. I think, you know, when you, when you go on a tour like this and you experience it, you also experience what time people have to get up for games. Right, right. And the commitment that they have to show to, to support the club and the distances that they will mm -hmm. travel. You know, they'll drive for seven, eight hours to get to Absolutely, Charlotte. They'll yeah. drive, you know, uh, they'll fly from here, there and everywhere just for the chance to, to see the team. Yeah. I know that's not any surprise to you, you know, given, given what you've been involved in down the years. But, you know, I really think it, it's it just... It's sort of reinvigorating yeah. for me to come out here and doing what I do and, and writing about the club every day and podcasting. You can get sort of like you you tunnel vision, yeah. I think could be the, the right phrase. And then you come and you meet people and you realize... That they love it as much as you do. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that there's something wider than the football Absolutely. team itself. That there are, there are things about Arsenal that are great... 
Um, you know, there are things about Arsenal which frustrate us, obviously. Of course, yeah. But the thing that really makes it special is that it brings us together, whether it's, you know, a, a, a dad and his son going to the game in Islington or right. whether it's two mates who have driven from from Texas to come to yeah. Charlotte or, you know, to the, all the guys who've come from all over California. It's amazing. It's that same personal experience, but just in a different geographical way. Like yeah. people are having those same experiences for the first time. You know, I have to say, I, I'm just as taken back as, you know, like, Years ago, when, when we started New York City, we did it because there wasn't a lot of people that were organized at, at, at the time, and, and we wanted to find more. And then seeing, seeing that display and all the groups, you know, like 12 years later, pretty much everyone's caught up to what we were, <laughs> you know what I mean, what, yeah. what we've been doing. And, and to me, that's like, that's just a testament of what's, what's going on globally and, and just like the love that people have for Arsenal and, yeah. and how quickly that becomes like your... Yeah, your, your passion. Your DNA, man. Yeah, it's in your DNA. It's, <laughs> it's a real passion for yeah. so many people. Uh, so tell me about um, what's going on in New York City uh, this season. Lots of Arsenal fans come to New York City throughout the season, and they all want to meet up and, and go to the games. Mm. The the pubs, of course, that people know, O'Hanlon's. Mm. Um, but the Blind Pig is, I, I think, the one that people knew best. Yeah. That, unfortunately, is closed down. Well, it might be part uh, part and due to you, so respect, respect. Um, yeah, um, yeah. unfortunately, after however many years uh, Blind Pig had to, had to shut its door, uh, they they went through things with, with uh, just the landlords that own, own the building. And uh, New York City is a crazy place. It's happening in London. It's happening everywhere. That we're just rents are just going up and up and up. And, yeah. uh, you know, when your, rent, when your rent is getting up to like 30 grand, 35 grand a month, how much do you have to sell a beer for to, yeah, to have a profitable, uh, profitable business? So uh, a bunch of guys, uh, Ed Brolin and, and, and crew uh, that had been some regulars at the Blind Pig, they... They really, really worked hard. They pulled together uh, a little team, um, and they went out and they met all these different boozers and and talked to the people, and uh, and then they had a little little vote. And uh, we we were corresponding with them to say, listen, you know, th- this was this has been you guys have been manning the fort for manning and womaning the uh, sure. <laughs> the fort for the last you know however long. Um, you know, y- you should be the ones to you know to kind of lead this effort, and uh, and then we just kind of you know we kind of set some things that we needed as a club. You know, we want to bring people like you back. We want to have you know, uh, in the past we've had Liam Brady, things like that, Ian Wright, and we want to be able to do more of those events. So uh, we've uh, we've collectively founded uh, the uh, a place called well we've not founded we found uh, a place called Jack Doyle's on Thirty uh, Fifth Street in uh, Midtown. Somebody, somebody tweeted about that bar at me today. Actually, oh. yeah, it's it's a really lovely boozer, and and so as you might have heard, you, you know, obviously you had come and visited Barleycorn. We did the yeah the the blog there, or the podcast the there, podcast there, the the very uh, the very drunken one. Yes, yes. Um, and unfortunately, they had to shut their doors this year, and so um, the combination of those both those are two really big square footage places that we said, okay, if we can if we can somehow or another m- merge that into one thing and build this like mecca yeah. for New York City, let's do it, and it's it's quite accessible by every form of transportation in New York City. So, okay. uh, so there you go, awesome. and we've still got O'Hanlon's as always. Uh, we've got a, a place out here in Park Slope called uh, Patties of Park Slope. And um, we've got a place called the Highbury Pub, a little bit deeper here right, in, okay. uh, in Brooklyn. So plenty of choice for people who are visiting New York City during the season. Absolutely. If you want to watch Arsenal with uh, a, a, a pack, yeah, a horde of 
rabid, passionate Arsenal fans. I like the word rabid. Plenty, yeah, rabid is good. You've yeah. got lots of choice. Um, so along with all the other excitement that New York City brings, uh, you, can, you can put the icing on the cake. Yeah, and right. if you forget, check out arsenal.nyc. Yeah, okay. Um, tell me about this microphone very quickly oh, yeah. before we go. That's the, uh, <laughs> I wish I had my notes in front of me. That's the Peluso P87i. Uh, that Delicious. was It's a lovely microphone. <laughs> um, when I use it on radio, I've, I've said a few times, you might ask if I'm just speaking so I can hear myself talk, and I will say yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, but uh, it's, it's, um, it was designed after the Neumann U87i, which is likely one of the most famous mics on the planet. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely piece of kit. I see you just looking at it. You're yeah, like, I'm like, it's just... <laughs> I'm a bit of a mic nerd, you know? I know so that, I've, got I, my, I've got my Shure, mm? I've got my Neumann. Oh, you have a Neumann. I have a Neumann, but I don't have the, the U87. Yeah. Uh, I've got an RE20. Uh, I've got a couple of Rode condensers. Mm. I've, got, I've got a few mics. I've, yeah. got, the, I've got the classic, um, you know, the Shure and Answer mic? Oh, yeah. The old baseball uh, mic. <laughs> That's really I, cool. It is cool. It's not really it great. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> it's good for if you're, you know, working a tannoy in a baseball fucking ground, but it's not great if you want to just record stuff. It, it, it might work really well in a, in a, you know, a proper studio if you yeah. wanted to sing into it, maybe, but uh, I've got that. But it's sort of like, it's ornamental more yep. than... For some interesting effects. Yes. Different sounds. Yes. But yeah, it's PelusoMicrophoneLab.com. They, they yeah. make some really nice stuff, and uh, it's a father and son, and it's, I just think it's a beautiful story. They've been making mics now for quite some time. So. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Sure. We are going to finish. I I was thinking when we were uh, talking about doing this, like, what if we could do? Because people um, may or may not know this about you, so we might as well give the radio uh, a bit of a plug. If we Uh, must. If we must. (laughs) Uh, You know, if if you dig music... Curtis is the man you want to follow on, on Twitter and Facebook, but also the... uh, The Face Radio BK. The Face Radio... BK, like Brooklyn. BK. Yeah. Brooklyn has its own... Well, we just call it... Yeah, like, so the Bronx is BX... Brooklyn's BK. I don't know what Queens is. Sorry. Q U Q Q Q N S. Something like that. But uh, yeah, no. It's a. So 20, what, t- t- tell people about what what the station is. It's mu- it's music. Uh, we pl- we play music. We've it's it's all about actually kind of like the way that the world has has merged into podcasting people like connecting with like people we love listening to your show because people connect with we feel like we're connecting with andrew right sure you know and and same with the reason that people love all the other ones it's because there's you feel like wait this guy speaks for me right it's like there's a saying that people like us do things like this and so the face radio it's all about actual presenters that that actually talk about the things that they hear in music and the reason that they love a song and and maybe how they heard the song but it's a mixture of of definitely the eclectic house soul funk disco boogie but also a bit of 60s brit pop you know definitely your eclectic sounds you're missing you could be missing an 80s show on there i think i think uh i think we've got a plug for andrew okay maybe we could talk about that yeah yeah but uh radio show yes but yeah it's at thefaceradio.com and uh yeah it's pretty I'm pretty proud of it. Okay, so I was thinking, you know, because of your music, mm. we we might let's say, you know, talk a bit about Arsenal. Play a tune. Talk a bit about Arsenal. Yeah. And, and kind of, we've talked Still a lot, and we are, I think, going to play a tune. But I think what we should do is play a tune from an artist from one of the cities on the U.S. tour. So we've got L.A. Oh wow. We've got. Well, that's an easy one. Don't say Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> 
There's there's a backstory to that, ladies and gents. Okay, uh, that's just seven hours in a car. Yeah, takes your conversation to strange places. Um, we've got LA, we've got mm. Charlotte, North Carolina, or North Carolina in general. Yeah. If Charlotte's a bit restrictive. I don't know what the musical talent out of there is yeah. is like. I, I think uh, the only one I could find were the Avid Brothers, mm. who are um, quite good. And then we've got Washington D.C. Mm. So let, let's have your recommendations. All who right. do you think? Um, I'm I'm going to go simple from my heart um none other than marvin gay marvin gay washington dc sounds good to me and uh i think hmm i think it's gonna have to be uh the title track from probably the best album ever made dare i go there what's 1971 motown records what's going on what's going on okay well look thank you for uh, having me here in your studio it's it's been great i've enjoyed the conversation thanks for having me on your show oh pleasure hopefully people have enjoyed the podcast james and i will be recording an arsecast extra on monday but not until monday afternoon Mm. because james is heading for edinburgh to do his one-man show so uh, seeing as we're plugging everything else if you're going to be in edinburgh (laughs) go along to see james's show uh, which is at the Pleasance, I think. I could have got that wrong. But just look for James McNicholas, Edinburgh, and you'll be able to find tickets for his show. If you're up there at the festival, go along to see that. We'll record on Monday afternoon. We'll have that then. Until the next one, take it easy, folks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Come on, Arsenal. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the for only love can comprehend You know we've got to find a way To bring some love and get here today Picket lights and picket signs Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Some understanding here today. Oh.
deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.